We're here to help Scotland become a place where nothing is wasted. That matters because the single greatest cause of the climate crisis here is the emissions created by everything we produce, consume and too often bin after just one use. We can all help to change that though by doing things differently to make things last longer. Eradicating waste doesn't just help the climate crisis either. It also helps to create much needed sustainable jobs as we build back better to overcome Covid and save the planet too. This episode looks at the future of work. The way we work is changing. No one expected or wanted a pandemic, but COVID showed that in the face of a global disaster, we can do business differently. That's invaluable information to help end the climate crisis too. The green recovery we need to overcome both these crises won't just help save the planet. It will help create all kinds of interesting new sustainable jobs and new ways of working that won't cost the earth. Zero Waste Scotland's Future of Work report identifies thousands of existing and future roles across key sectors, including energy. The nation's energy giants were the first corporate partners for COP26 announced by the UK government ahead of this landmark climate change summit. They included National Grid, which supplies energies to homes and businesses UK-wide. We're now joined by Mark Herring, who has a leading role in identifying the future workforce to meet the UK's energy demand and our net zero pledges. Hi, Mark. Hi, Julia, and thanks very much for having me on the podcast today. I've really been looking forward to it. <laughs> us too. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, so to kick off, can you tell us how important it is for National Grid to transform its workforce to help end the climate crisis? Uh, it's critical. It's absolutely critical. Uh, we, we call it the job that can't wait. Uh, so we've done some work where we've been looking at sort of how do we get to net zero by 2050, and that work's shown us that while we have a role, we found that the entire energy industry needs to recruit about 400,000 new jobs between now and then to get there. And, and that's across vacancies across the country and for a really diverse mix of jobs from scientists and engineers to communications professionals and, and data specialists. Um, there's, so there's, there's a huge amount of work that needs to be done to attract and to develop the best people to help us deliver this greener and cleaner future. Right. Uh, well, that certainly sounds like welcome news in the current jobs market, given the huge losses which COVID's also caused. Um, what's being done so far to try and recruit all these people? Yeah, no, it, it is really tough out there at the moment. Um, and I can say we're doing we're doing a fair amount at the moment already. We we put a lot of work in, into collaborating with industry. So we collaborate on innovation projects with startups, with commercial innovators and with universities and research institutes. And and that might not sound like we're we're sort of bringing people into the organization, but there's a huge amount of value in that that collaboration and sort of cross pollination of ideas and understanding yeah. how different people do their jobs. Um, and so we do a lot of that. We also run regular stakeholder events on a weekly basis to sort of explain how the energy system's working today and how it might need to change into the future. Yeah. And so bringing people into the company. We have things like graduate schemes, we sponsor doctoral degrees. Um, we also mm -hmm. have lots of opportunities to move around different parts of the organization. So we've got a number of organizations in the UK and in the US. And we do a lot of work to create opportunities for individuals to move around, but that also 
creates a lot of skill and um, and experience that's going to be really helpful in getting us to net zero. And and we also have a big recruitment drive on at the moment, which has started very recently and and will continue on over the coming months, um, focusing on on skills that traditionally haven't been a focus in the energy industry. Um, things like we're, we're focusing a lot on data and analytics skills, um, and also on on stakeholder engagement as the sort of the need to communicate differently across the industry and beyond. Can I on on the data side? Um, why why does that matter so much um, just now to help you work out how to get to net zero? We're seeing the digitalization of the energy sector, um, and as we've seen in in other sectors, um, when you digitalize digitalize assets and so you understand where all of the cables and pipes are you understand what all of the power plants are doing and most importantly you understand when people need energy and why they need it and and where they need it there's a huge amount of optimization you can do there so traditionally where you might have um to, to meet people's energy needs better you might have built more cables or more pipes or more power stations um, there's an opportunity for us to use data and digital assets to get more from the energy system we already have. Yeah, so the classic example, which we're starting to see out there today is with electric vehicles, where um, people are getting cheaper rates of electricity if they charge the vehicle overnight. And in some cases, they're actually getting paid to charge their vehicles because it's a particularly windy night um, and there's a huge amount of the energy from wind coming in. And so, without everything being digitalized and without the people who know what to do with that data, um, you can't get that value. So we're, we're really seeking that expertise and we're looking to develop it and grow it um, for that benefit to the whole system. Lots of listeners will be well aware of the underlying need to change the kind of energy we use and the, and the way that we use it. Um, can you talk a bit about how the switch away from fossil fuels to more renewable energy is going and what that means for, for changing op- job opportunities as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think it's a, it's a huge journey. It's a huge shift and, and we're already well on our way. We still get over half of our electricity from fossil fuels. But our emissions from generating that electricity have dropped by 38% since 1990. Right. And probably the, the fastest decarbonizing part of our energy sector. And, and we think that we could be on 100% um, zero carbon electricity by 2030. And that's the pathway to get to net zero by 2050. So that's a huge amount of work and jobs and building new sources of that electricity. So wind, solar, nuclear, other forms of energy generation. Going on to transport, um, we think half of all cars on the roads could be electric by 2035. If we're going to get to net zero by 2050, they all need to be um, decarbonized, obviously. What does that mean for jobs? That's not just a huge shift in car manufacturing and maintenance and and thinking about the vehicles themselves, but also a huge amount of work to be done and therefore people to do that work in the construction of the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And then what about heat? Yes. So, so yes, we get to heat, which is the, the most challenging one. And as you're probably aware, most homes today use gas boilers or district heating schemes and they're burning fossil fuels. And there's no easy solution to decarbonize that. We generally have sort of two pathways. One is to swap natural gas boilers out for hydrogen boilers. Um, and so that sees a lot of need for jobs. But those jobs are in high-skilled technology industries, building up the hydrogen production plants, upgrading our gas networks to carry hydrogen 
from those plants to the consumers' houses, all of that sort of stuff. Okay. The other route is to electrify heating of houses. Um, and you'd need a lot of um, just a, a huge rollout across the country of ripping out gas, gas boilers, installing these heat pumps, insulating. And this retrofit scheme would require a huge amount of um, basically people running around the country in vans working <laughs> on houses. Uh, and I think the important thing to note is it's not one or the other. It's not hydrogen or electricity. It's we're going to need both of them. That's something we can definitely get cracking on, is, is building up that expertise. Thanks very much for joining us today to outline um, some of the future of energy and what that could mean for all these interesting sustainable jobs. Thank you. work report found that around 1 in 10 people in Scotland are already doing jobs which help combat the climate crisis. These so-called circular economy roles all reduce waste and carbon emissions by keeping products and materials in a loop of use for as long as possible. Our experts also identify the potential to create thousands more sustainable circular jobs across Scotland as we build that better. One of the key priority sectors for these new green recovery jobs is energy. As Scotland's oil and gas rigs and wind farms are decommissioned, more opportunities for new businesses and new ways of working are emerging. Pioneering Circular Business Renewable Parts Limited is expanding and has been hiring during the pandemic, creating much needed local jobs and skills in the Argyll town of Loch Gilpet. We're joined now by Chief Executive James Barry. Hi James, welcome to the Towards Zero podcast. Hi, how are you doing? I'm glad to join you. Very well, thank you for joining us. So can you tell us a little bit about what Renewable Parts is doing and how the business first started out? Sure, I'd be delighted to. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. So the, the business itself uh, is providing lots of parts. It provides customers with two options, either to replace with new, which has been historically what customers have done, mm -hmm. or to take a refurbished solution. So that would be reuse or a truly circular economy solution. Loch Gilped is focused on providing the latter of those two options, the refurbished solution to our customers. Okay, right. So, so the more kind of sustainable circular option. In, in, in terms of the staff that you have at the moment, um, can you give it like a, a sense of how big um, your operation is? Like again, maybe from when it started out to, to how well you're doing now and, and how business is going? Yes, well, when it, when it started, it was a, a very modest two people. Uh, it was Ewan Anderson, our technical director, with an idea uh -huh. and one other person with him. Uh, and it steadily grew from that. I think, as always with these things in life, uh, the idea sometimes was ahead of the practical reality. And uh, we mm -hmm. felt perhaps we were maybe ahead of our time. But it took a fair few years to get really the industry sitting up and, and convinced that we had something which it wanted to buy or, or that we could offer it. We then moved to a ambulance station and uh, in the true spirit of reuse we converted an ambulance <laughs> station into a refurbishment center yeah and we now employ seven people there um, really has dramatically grown in a, a two-year in a two-year period and literally within a few months we will be leaving that facility for a brand new purpose-built facility zero waste scotland has been instrumental to that growth that's that's great. It was great to hear some good positive business news, especially at the moment. Um, in terms of the the staff that you have, can you describe the like the mix of your workforce? What kind of um, jobs do you do you have, and how many? What kind of different jobs are you, are you going to be employing? 
Yes, so it's a diverse bunch. It's a, a multi-talented team. Uh, we we have um, some obviously wise old heads in the business who have been around industry, other industries, and have come into renewables. So these people are bringing skills and techniques and experience from engineering backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But we also have apprentices. So we've taken on three apprentices now from the local school, Loch Pet School, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. Really, really pleased yeah. about that. And, and, and those, are, those are people who, who are ultimately the future. They, they are being trained up on an apprenticeship scheme. We are designing a higher education degree level capability for, for some of the people in our business. That's great. So, I mean, in terms of actual uh, disciplines, you've got everything from hydromechanical through to electrical, electronic. You've got disassembly, reassembly inspection, testing. There's a whole wide breadth of different capabilities we have within the center. Yeah. So, so, so really we're, we're building up, uh, the new facility of course, is going to demand that we find more talent. We are actively looking at this point in time for certainly three or four more people. I think within two to three years, I, I think it's quite safe to say that we expect the business to have probably 20 to 30 people within it in, in Loch Ilpet, which is obviously a, a, a dramatic rise from where we are today. We want to create jobs and we want to create good jobs with skills for the long term. Mm-hmm. The opportunities thrown up by the wind industry are vast. And we all know the industry is growing strongly, has been growing fast for a couple of decades now, but it's accelerating. So the size of the fleet is expanding. Yeah. Offshore has obviously now become are very, very important to our energy mix. One of the, I guess, the positive things I could say about us is that despite all the challenges and heartache of COVID, it actually has accelerated this shift towards renewables and green energy. That does sound, you know, really exciting and really positive for communities as well, um, you know, with with jobs, with businesses like yours um, that are surviving and thriving, like you say, as well, despite really difficult circumstances, um, or maybe even because of them. Um, do you have like a an ultimate aim or a vision of kind of the future of work from the point of view of renewable parts? In terms of a mission statement, I mean, what motivates me is how we change culture. So for me, you know, my vision, my hope is that one of the first questions a procurement professional will ask is, where's the sustainable solution? Not what's cheapest or what's the one I can have most quickly, but where is the sustainable solution? Because that's the solution I want to buy or I want to evaluate. So that, that is really what drives us. Uh, and of course, within all of that, it's that we can become a, a vibrant growing business that employs a lot of people in high-skilled jobs that have longevity to them and that the business can actually create a supply chain in Scotland for the future, not just for the near term. Thank you very much for joining us today, um, James. It was great to speak to you. Delighted. Thank you very much. I really, really enjoyed that. But changing the way the energy sector works won't end the climate crisis unless every other industry changes too. Like many office-based organisations, Zero Waste Scotland switched to homeworking during lockdown to help beat the pandemic. Our Chief Executive Ian Gullen joins us now to explain why and what the future of work looks like across all sectors. Hi Ian, welcome to Towards Zero. Hi, hi Julia. Hi, thanks for joining us. So to start, could you explain um, why Zero Waste Scotland has urged staff to carry on working from home? 
we obviously, like all organisations, went to remote working uh, during the pandemic, uh, but we then looked at what that meant for us in terms of reducing uh, our carbon footprint. And clearly, because we weren't all commuting uh, and obviously we'd cut down on corporate travel as well, that there was a significant yeah. drop in our carbon footprint, uh, estimated at about 70, almost 75%. So that's significant. So as a business, you know, that is very much about, you know, addressing the climate crisis. And also, you know, we also had our own ambitions as a business to, to reduce our carbon footprint. You know, it'd be, yeah, it started a kind of conversation with staff, yeah. how far we could actually go. After discussions with colleagues, you know, we, we made the offer and we've now uh, nearly 80% of our colleagues have uh, decided to, to remain home working. Yeah, so there's a lot of things to think about there, but a key benefit in terms of carbon emissions is, as you said, from what we discovered during lockdown. Um, I think for others in the service industry, like Zero Waste Scotland, the picture will be similar in terms of if they carry on home working too, which which certain industries, sorry, certain companies are doing, um, that will have a big impact on their emissions as well. But obviously that's not feasible for, for some companies and or not kind of not workable for some individuals as well. Um, do you, can you talk a bit about um, the different things that other types of industries and organisations will need to do um, to, to figure out how to reduce their emissions? Clearly, there's lots of things. I mean, there's a number of ways that businesses can reduce their carbon footprint, you know, not just from travel, but, yeah. uh, you know, from energy use, as you've mentioned already. You know, one of the big, yeah. one of the big factors in all of this is our consumption you know, is what, what are the materials and products that we're using as businesses. So whereas we can reduce our travel and reduce our energy uh, use or, or use renewable energy, we need to really stop start thinking about what, what it is that we're consuming as businesses, whether that's, you know, consumables in the office yeah. or materials that we're manufacturing or products that we're, you know, producing. What What is the carbon impact or intensity of those materials and that's that's where all yeah. businesses can really make a difference is by asking those types of questions about what where are the raw materials coming from how are they being manufactured uh, how long are those products being used for can they be refurbished can they be recycled can they be remanufactured because that's you know from from a scottish perspective four-fifths of our carbon footprint actually comes from the you know the, the production and use of products and materials uh, half of which come from overseas, you know, that that's the big impact in terms of the environment and we need to really do something yeah. about that. So we've um we've already spoken to National Grid and Renewable Parts um about um, the changes in the energy sector um and the sustainable jobs um that, that brings as well. Um so this is, you know, it's it's important that this isn't just about kind of what you can't do. In fact, it's, it's much more about what you can do and, and the jobs that that could bring as well. Um, what information do we have from our research on um, what the future looks like for other industries? There's loads of opportunities. I mean, this mm. is it. I mean, we are all intents and purposes changing our economy. We're not reducing our economy or restricting our economy. We're mm -hmm. just shifting our economy into something far more circular uh, than what we have now. Uh, and in that, there's huge opportunities for jobs, you know, within yeah. key sectors like construction in terms of thinking about how do we build differently. So, you know, using different materials, uh, remanufacturing, repurposing of buildings, 
thinking about the materials that we've already got in buildings so we're deconstructing so there's a huge opportunity for new skills and new rules to be brought into those industries so we're still building things we're still deconstructing we're still you know refurbishing yeah. uh, buildings but it's just doing it in a different way and developing the skills that match that but then there is other areas new sectors where we would say it's going to be growth uh, so the bioeconomy for yeah. instance, is a really interesting uh, arena thinking about you know, different natural materials and what we can do with them. Uh, you know, we've worked with companies who are taking you know, byproducts from the whiskey industry and turning that into a variety of high value products. So, I'll, yeah, so that, but that's new jobs. I get, sorry, the, the question you asked me was, you know, the, these are interesting advancements in, in, in processes, but actually they create new jobs, new jobs opportunities. And the other, the other really interesting thing about these jobs is they're, you know, they can be distributed within the economy. They're not all about building a big factory in the central part of Scotland. You know, these are these are jobs that can be distributed across the whole of Scotland uh, and, you know, taken forward because it's basically looking at different ways of, you know, either accessing waste or uh, accessing resources or, you know, remanufacturing yeah. and redeployment of resources back into local economies where they're needed. Uh, and I think that's the most exciting thing about what we've been doing is not just identifying the industries that are growing but the fact that the jobs and the skills that go with them are yeah quite easily accessible yeah and by a wide range of people i think our report identified like potential new roles like things like material scouts or urban miners which sounds quite intriguing yeah and that's i mean one of the ideas is to make sure that what we're building is the materials that we're using are sustainable uh and you know we're thinking about the carbon that is that is used to make those you know, products and materials in the first place. So actually thinking about, yeah, what's locally available, yeah. whether that's, you know, redundant materials from buildings that have been pulled down or buildings that have been refurbished or, you know, whether it's more natural materials, whether that's wood, you know, whether it's other, uh, you know, opportunities yeah. that are in that locality, then, yeah, it's having people with that knowledge that can feed into the building process and making them very bespoke for those for those areas. So I guess those, those are the material scouts and urban miners that we're talking about. So people with much more yeah. diverse yeah, skills and expertise and experience uh, about what's available. Yeah, so you're, you're, it's really about looking ahead right from the very beginning, looking at what it could, you know, how you could use it in future, how long it could last. When we were speaking um, earlier again to um, National Grids and Renewable Parts, um, they were talking about um, the need to train people up so they could do all these different jobs um what's what's what are our findings about how um how ready scotland's workforce is overall for for net zero you could argue that we're not ready and we need to do a lot more uh, and i think that is yeah I, I think we all accept that that needs to be a lot more thinking around training and development of not just skills, but knowledge and awareness. Yeah, and obviously the, the focus is, is rightly on schools, tertiary education, you know, what, what are people being trained or educated to, to do? And that's right. But ultimately, we need to do a lot more than that. You know, right now, I mean, the, the targets for Scotland, 75% towards net zero by 2030 is 10 years. So yeah. in some respects, we don't have we don't have the luxury of waiting for all of the young people to come through the education system to get out into businesses to make to make those changes uh we need to do that yes but we also yeah. need to be investing in the people who are in work now uh so in terms of reskilling or, or raising awareness and that's not you know that's right through the whole of the workforce yeah uh, including senior managers including chief execs and people on boards uh so i think that's i think that's 
as much a challenge as yeah. the reskilling of people to 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 do the things that you've been talking about in terms of the the new sort of technical applications involved in net zero in terms of the the new business opportunities it is about how do we get everybody people talk about you know the number of jobs in the green economy you know how many green jobs have we got but actually to get yeah. to net zero we have to have everybody every everybody has to be green every job has to be green you know so we talk about jobs in renewables and jobs in the construction and jobs you know jobs in the bioeconomy but actually you know the same as should be said for you know school teachers nurses hairdressers you know they all need to understand what net zero means and what it means to them in terms of their work the job is is quite uh, quite significant. You know, we're going to hit those targets, because particularly the targets are in the next ten years. Uh, so I think we need a very, uh, you know, clearly yeah. an overarching strategy around how do we embed those the knowledge and the awareness mm -hmm. as well as you know skills across all as I said you know all curriculum in schools, no matter what your you know yeah. career choice is. You know all you know all parts of university or further education colleges depend regardless of what course you're in but also every business we need to be talking about this we need to be sharing you know information and expertise so people are beginning to think what does this mean you know what does net zero mean for my business uh you know and the work that i do in the business so for me it is probably more fundamental than as i said just thinking about green jobs and what are the new jobs that are going to come out of this how are we going to make everybody green uh and it and as a part of me thinks it's a similar approach to thinking about, we've done it for digital, you know, the whole digital connectivity thing has been about how do we get the whole of our, the whole of our economy. And in fact, the whole of everybody, you know, in society to, to be more digitally literate. I think there must be lessons there that we say, well, how do we go about those types of approaches? Because we really do need to make everybody carbon literate in the next 10 years. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're currently at around one in 10 jobs in Scotland um, across the country that we identified as kind of being related to the circular economy, to helping to end the climate crisis. And, and as you said before, we need every single job to be sustainable um, and to make a difference too. How, how, yeah, how optimistic are you at the moment? So I'm, I'm very optimistic. I mean, I think uh, it's a good start, but that's what we're saying. We need 10 out of 10. I think we need everybody to be part of the circular economy and, and the net zero approach, regardless of what their profession yeah. is uh, or, the, or the role in society. So, But there's more and more people beginning to understand what the significant change needs to be mm -hmm. and how we go about that. But also the fact that it's hugely positive, you know, we've just said that it's going to create more opportunities for us here in Scotland and, you know, in other parts of the world as well. It's going to be hugely satisfying a lot of this in terms of how we work collaboratively, you know, within within and across sectors. We'll be you know, much more agile society, I believe. Talk about building by better, you know, it will be better. Thanks again for joining us, Ian. Yep, thank you. So there are lots of exciting job opportunities in the future world of work which we need to help end the climate crisis. There's no single solution as every company and organisation is different. To meet our net zero pledges, all businesses must, have, must work out what the biggest cause of their own carbon emissions is so they can target their efforts where they'll make the most difference for them. Zero Waste Scotland published our own organisation's net zero plan on our website to share our experience of doing that to help others do the same. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Towards Zero. Please share it so more people can learn how to waste less by doing things differently to help end the climate crisis. Hope you can join us next time. Thanks for listening.